thank you for joining us today on our podcast. I'm Ron Wilson, CEO at InterviewStream and the host of Talent Storm, where we'll chat about everything that meets at the intersection of talent and organizational performance. We're focused on exploring the tips, tricks, and techniques for identifying and fostering talent and creating high-performance cultures and teams. I'm excited to have Jess Von Bank with me today. Jess has over 20 years of business experience in marketing, strategy, HR, and recruiting. She's worked at both startup and mature organizations, including SAP Success Factors and Symphony Talent. Today, she is head of marketing and the lead storyteller for LeapGen, a global digital transformation company shaping the now of work. Jess, welcome to the Talent Storm podcast. I'm excited to have you with me today. Thank you so much, Ron. You know, I take like such a sense of pride in hearing that description. <laughs> I really do. Because did you catch something? We changed, we changed the vernacular of the industry. We stopped saying future of work and we started saying now of work. I love I, it. And I am so happy that you're in this space and that you're on this podcasting platform because it does take all of us having constant real-time conversation just like this to change the vernacular, to actually drive change. It, what a year to do it. What a crazy absolutely, year. Absolutely, absolutely. And now more than ever, let's seize this, this opportunity to, to really change the game. And, and yeah. I love what you're doing. And you know, before we get into that, would you mind just giving the listeners a little bit more background, you know, a little bit more of your background and, yeah. and then share a little bit more around LeapGen and what you all are up to? Yeah, absolutely. Thanks for the opportunity and thanks for having me on. I started as a recruiter. I worked a full cycle recruiter, old school search firm way back in the day before I even knew that talent acquisition and recruiting in a, in a corporate environment was a job. I really didn't even know that that was a job. And as soon as I figured out that there were people who connected talent to opportunity, that, like, that matchmaking was so interesting to me because it's such an art and then, and then it's such a science as well. Uh, so I really fell in love with, with recruiting, with talent acquisition, and then I fell in love with the tools, the processes, the things that, that can help us do it better because I saw a lot of gaps, a lot of holes in that experience as well. And it's such an important experience. Finding a job, taking a new opportunity, making a job change, like think about the, the impact and the importance that is on a person and an individual and how much that matters and how much it matters to a business to secure the right talent. And I, I couldn't figure out why we weren't doing a better job of that entire experience. And I just, I fell in love with the tools. I was one of the first, uh, first hires at Jobs to Web, which was a first to market recruitment marketing platform. We, we started talking about recruit better, find better, engage better. Uh, and of course, we were acquired by Success Factors SAP. I spent time scaling out those processes and that model uh, for better recruiting and, um, and community building. We didn't talk about communities too much in the talent acquisition space, and then we did. Um, and so that was kind of my, my progression through, through the talent space and how I started falling in love with workplace tools and recruiting tools. And now I'm the head of marketing for LeapGen. It, it feels to me like the best opportunity, the biggest opportunity to tell that story about people and work on the biggest stage possible. I say biggest stage because it's really about enterprises and how they activate and empower their people, their workforce. So it's the sort of the broadest HR story I've, I've been able to tell so far. And it, it's really important. 
it's really important because this year, if you weren't already moving the, the ball down the field on sort of modernizing the way work feels and the way people work and why and how and, and all of that, you're, you're especially behind now if you weren't already on that, on that journey. So, um, so I, I love that we're having this conversation today. I can't wait to unpack all of that. Yeah, absolutely. I, I, I agree. And, and I just love the, uh, the transformation that you've been driving throughout your career and really pushing the envelope on, on everything. And, and, uh, and I know you're doing that now. And speaking yeah. of now, you really changed, uh, as you've said, you know, to, to coin what you said, you've changed the vernacular from the future of work to focus on the now of work. Yeah. And you're, create, you've, you're creating a movement and, a, you know, you've created a community around that. And I'd love to really, you know, kind of lean into that a little bit and, and really understand kind of what you guys are up to, kind of what you're thinking about that and, and really what you're trying to drive ultimately. Yeah, absolutely. So LeapGen is a, is a consultancy uh, focused on HR and workforce experience. And all we do is digital transformation, elevate workforce experience and modernize the HR function. We, you know, we need to sort of change the way op operating models uh, are, are created to support the workforce and, and more strategically align the function itself to the business. I mean, there's a lot of things from a foundational perspective that need to happen for HR to be more strategic and to drive more value for the business. And from the workforce perspective, the actual experience of work and how the people in your organization are activated and empowered to drive results. Um, that's, that's the biggest table stakes there is. You can't compete if you, if you haven't fully addressed the power and the capabilities of your workforce. I mean, think about all of the, you know, the reskilling and upskilling and better optimization of talent in your workforce that needs to happen. All of that is part of digital transformation, elevating workforce experience and putting HR in a better position to be able to do that. So that's what we do at LeapGen. And this year, so, so this already needed to happen, right? Right, of course, yeah. You've got to digitize or die. Like this already needed to happen. And I think what happened in 2020 is that our, our hand was forced. Like we already right, sort exactly. of knew that this was coming, that we needed to happen. We were making these lofty, you know, three to five year plans with all of these transformation goals. And then a pandemic hit. And right we immediately needed to adjust. We immediately needed to uh, figure out how to support a digital workplace. And, and it's really important that we think about things in terms of digital. It's not remote, it's not virtual, it doesn't matter. Like the, right. the physical right. does not matter. Right. Everything is digital. And just understanding right. that distinction is really, really important because then you can start from there. Then you can start to, reimagine experience and start to understand the tools that can be used to support that. Technology is, digital is not technology. Digital is a mindset, it's a design framework, it's a, it's a methodology, it's the strategy you create, and then you're allowed to consider the tools that would be right. necessary to scale and sustain that. And so, uh, so, yeah, as I was saying, you know, this year it became, you know, it's, it's no longer optional. Yeah, it, it was a tipping point. I mean, right, it, yeah. it's, you know, I've, I've always thought, you know, HR has been a laggard, and I'm sure we could, you know, we may be able to agree on, you know, from a digitization standpoint, HR has generally been a laggard. 
And, you know, everybody talks about people being their number one asset, but to be candid, I, I think most organizations really haven't acted that way historically. And I think to what you were saying, you know, at the beginning, those organizations who figured out that they need a strategy, they need to act differently, the archaic, militaristic, industrial-based way that corporate America has been managing things doesn't work anymore in today's age. That's and right. so, you know, organizations that have already started that shift are well ahead of the game. And those that haven't are certainly behind because we're seeing it in spades now, the importance of being really connected with your people, being a people-centric organization, elevating their games, like you said. So yeah. I can imagine you all may be uh, pretty busy these days with organizations looking for some help on how to maneuver through this. That's the, that's the, that's the word of the year, help. Uh, people really just need help. It, the question we get the most often is just tell us what to do. <laughs> it's a lot to unpack and it's a lot to think about and prioritize. And so the easiest answer is what matters the most right now? That's why we started saying the now word. What matters the most and that answer is going to be a little different for every organization. So we can't just dole out answers. <laughs> it, right. it depends on your organization. What's going to have the greatest business impact in the next three to six months? Start there. Prioritize that. And, it, and then it's about intentional sequencing. Do the right work in the right order so that you're building on, on that impact. You're creating immediate impact and you're building on it. There's no throwaway work, hopefully. Um, and so it really is about understanding what the business needs right now, which means understanding your workforce and what your people need in order to deliver on those results, to, to produce those outcomes. And, and unfortunately, that's one of the, one of the problems that we, we had heading into you know, what turns out to be the most transformative year ever, just having complete timely line of sight to your workforce. Where is everybody? Who is everybody? What capabilities can you even deliver? Like real, know your people as well as Amazon knows your people. <laughs> like right. that line of sight in a timely way so that you can make actionable decisions in the moment as your business is pivoting and shifting. Um, I, I think that was, you know, a, a real aha moment and not in a good way for a lot of, of they, they felt paralyzed. They couldn't make decisions quickly because they didn't have their people data in order. They didn't have a grasp on what was going on with their workforce, where everybody was, what do people need? How, do I, how can I support you? And so if, if we really double down, I truly believe this, if you really double down on people experience, your own workforce experience, first and foremost, yes, yes, customers matter. Yes, customers are king. Yes, customer experience, we, all, we love to obsess over it and should but you've got to start with workforce experience or no one can deliver on that. So, so let's say, you know, we're an organization that really hasn't leaned in, leaned into this. We're not just saying yeah, yeah. <laughs> hypothetical, um, <laughs> you know, if, if you're an organization that hasn't really leaned into this and so you really don't have your finger on your, on the pulse of your workforce. Mm -hmm. I mean, what's the first, is the first thing you're going to do like survey, assess, I mean, what, what kind of path do you lead down? You know, that's the, the one thing I want to know, like, how do you help somebody who, who's really not down the path, one, and then on the flip side of it, maybe somebody who's a little more mature, and I know you said, you know, it depends on kind of what's most important right now. Yeah. What are some of the things that you see people go after initially that really start to build the momentum? Because I'd imagine, you know, you want to start building momentum on these types of things as opposed to, you know, big bang approaches. 
Yeah. Well, it really needs to start with the business strategy. Who are we? I mean, everything, everything changed in 2020. Business changed, workers changed, life, humanity changed, but it has to start with the business. Who are we and who are we going to be? Who, who do we need to be? Has that changed? Have you pivoted? What is the, the go forward plan immediately and, and sort of midterm, long term? Um, and then what will that require? What do you need talent to deliver to the business in order to execute on that vision? Because your people strategy needs to be heavily bolted to, to the North Star that is your, your business strategy. Then you can, then it's all about mindset. It's really unlearning, sort of forgetting, you know, old, you know, norms, insiders bias. This, well, we can't do that. We've always done it this way, or our people don't know how to do that, or that's too different for us. If that's your vision and that's the people, or that's the business strategy that you're driving toward, then you need to understand what are the, what kind of talent and what capabilities do they need in order for us to deliver effectively on that? And what do they need to, to deliver? Like, you know, uh, what is the environment? What is the culture? What capabilities? What reskilling or upskilling do I need to provide? What support? What are the, you know, literally, all, what are all of the things? And that's where you start to listen. And yes, you can assess and survey for that. If, but there's, I think we don't realize there's data everywhere. I mean, it's just laying around waiting for us to understand it, to pick it up. Right. How do people work? How do they like to work? What tools do they use or don't use? Just because you provide something doesn't mean people use it or like it. Do they right. have what they need? And, and so listening is number one, sort of pick up all the data that's laying around you in lots of places. That's, you know, sentiment and usage data and tool, you know, system data uh, to understand what people are actually using. And then, and then fill in the gaps um, by asking, ask. Um, I, you know, I, I hesitate to say too much. I, I think, you know, survey fatigue is also oh, real. Like Zoom? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like Zoom fatigue. Uh, right. So be really mindful that you, you know, if you ask me a question that I feel you should already know the answer to, that's not great use of, of data you probably have or should have about me. But if you've collected as much information as possible and truly tried to understand your workforce, who's in it, how people are working or like to work, especially if I've already told you that in a way, um, and you sort of reflect that back to me, Jess, this is how I understand you're working and need to be supported today. Or you, you know, you like this, you do, this is how I need you to deliver. What's left? And if you really understand what's left and create an experience that can fully empower, and it's all about capabilities. Technology implementations are all about, um, those are tools. Those are just tools to fuel things and to drive processes and interactions and workflows. I'm talking about the actual capabilities that you need me to deliver and what that will require. That's the experience you want to, to design around. Make, makes sense. So. You know, one of the things that, that you just mentioned and uh, having uh, listened to some of your podcasts, you know, you've talked about mindset. Yeah. And, you know, certainly, you know, as an organization, we want to learn everything about our workforce. We want to, you know, understand what their needs are, you know, what kind of environment they need, what kind of tools that they need, upskilling, you know, mm -hmm. whatnot. 
But mindset, something that's important, I would imagine when you're embarking on this journey, you've got to have the right mindset organizationally, but also individually. And I'm wondering, you know, how do you help, how do you help organizations and, and people kind of get on that journey, you know, as part of this? Yeah. I mean, honestly, it's the most important thing. It is the secret sauce to transformation, Agreed. period. Yeah. It is the number one thing. Um, and, you know, we love to read and talk about growth mindset, and that's, that's fantastic. I, you know, I would almost go to beginner's mindset. Beginner's mindset is really unique <laughs> and tricky because you actually have to act as if you never knew any, anything different. I have to pretend I don't know how we used to do performance evaluations or the annual employee engagement survey. Like, just pretend I don't know how we used to manage talent in our organization, because that will only bias me <laughs> and, it will, and it will prevent me from kind of, you know, reimagining or being truly creative and giving myself a long leash, true creative license to sort of think about and get really imaginative about how we could do things now. It's really tricky to, to literally sort of forget, you know, um, and so, and so it's not just forgetting, but it might actually require actively unlearning. Just, mm. you know, pretend there are no rules. Pretend you get to write the rules from here starting forward. Just because we've always done things that way doesn't mean that's how they should be done now. Um, and that is a, that's totally a mindset thing. Um, it, it takes a lot of, it, it makes us uncomfortable to be uncomfortable, to, to literally right. stretch ourselves intentionally outside of our comfort zone, to, to right. say, um, I, I'm gonna pretend, I, I'm gonna pretend I don't know what I'm doing, or I'm actually going to not know what I'm doing for a little bit, and I'm gonna figure it out, and I'm gonna build the plane a little bit while I'm flying it. I mean, that's, that's a resilience muscle that we need to build, and being agile, intentionally agile, and fluid, and nimble, doesn't feel the same as being static and comfortable and staying in the known and the normal. But that, you know, that's also the exciting thing about 2020. The, somebody just kind of flipped the table for us. And so if, if you weren't already exercising that, that muscle before, great time to build it now. Yeah, you, you kind of don't have a choice at this point. Yeah. No, so, you know, so what I got in, 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 in you know, and I believe through the coaching I, I do with folks is, you know, you, you make it present for them. And, and like you said, you know, you, you have to talk about these things and, and uh, we can't keep doing the same things. We got to change our mind and how we view things. We've got to let the past go to open up possibility for the future. And, and uh, yeah, so I totally love what, what, uh, what you guys have, have been doing and driving as an organization, what you've been talking about in the podcast. And, you know, another subject that you had just brought up that uh, I wanted to also touch on was your views around performance management mm -hmm. and uh, kind of the, 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 the current state of it and what do you think it looks like moving forward in, in really a, a now of work. Yeah, you know, that is an interesting topic. Um, because I, I talk about unlearning and really reinventing a discipline in terms of how we manage people in our workforce. The fact that we manage performance, the fact that we manage a unit of output. I mean, this is the whole problem, right? We think right. of everything in units of right. output. I'm a person, I'm a human right. being that performs work. But if you measure me in my units of output or my 
you know, my KPIs, my performance indicators, my, you know, all of these, these things that, have, that are not me, that are not human, um, then, then I think you're sort of missing a massive opportunity to actually, you can impact performance, certainly, but how you sort of measure and support and empower that performance actually has everything to do with me. Am I happy? Am I okay? And we don't have those conversations. For some reason, we don't, you know, managers check up on people, but you don't check in with people. So if I'm good, I mean, if I'm good, I'm well slept, I feel financially secure, I don't feel like my job is at risk, I feel like my team is solid, I find a chance to work out once in a while, my kids are good, guess what? I'm going to show up and perform in space. I will bleed for my company if I feel like you care for me. And so really caring for the person, and we're hearing a phrase this year more than we ever have before, and that's whole person care. I have actually been trying to source some content for it myself um, because it keeps coming up and I can't find what I'm looking for, which tells me it doesn't exist. I want to see real application. We can't just pay lip service to this concept anymore. Seeing the whole person, knowing the whole person, understanding what makes me happy, stable, high performing. And then supporting that, designing an experience for me, an environment, a, a culture that allows me to thrive and perform, that should be the goal. Then the performance is going to be easy and really fun to measure. But if you're just sort of measuring this and then browbeating and sort of banging me over the head, like, what's wrong, Jess? You, you know, we missed this by a percentage last month, but you have no idea why or what's going on with me or maybe my environment is not ideal or my team is is struggling for some reason, then you're always reacting and you're sort of missing the opportunity to actually, you know, provide the right foundational stuff. So uh, the idea that we we measure things reactively, you know, once a year and we look in the rear view mirror, that's a problem. We have to find ways to have real time or near real time conversation about what's happening now and what needs to happen next and that needs to be very human it, it needs to be very human for example i'm a solo mom with three kids who are doing virtual school Oof. third fourth and sixth grade and oh my my, work, my day job has never been busier so how am i supposed to manage that we have that conversation on almost a daily basis of course and it's working yeah. But if, right. but if I were sort of like working in this fear-based, you know, like, oh, I can't tell people how hard this is. I just right. got to figure it out on my own. That's not going to work for anyone. But the right. fact that this is sort of a teamwork thing right now, like we're going to figure this out. We're going to make it possible right. for Jess to perform right now. Um, that should be the goal. How human is that? Yeah. Right. I, exactly. It's funny because, you know, my, my philosophy, I, I don't believe in performance management as a, you know, this annual, semi-annual, quarterly, or whatever, one-time event that's, you know, nobody likes to do it. Everybody, it's a dreaded process. It's yeah. it's after the fact lies or revisionist history. I mean, yes. performance is something we're always dealing with. So it's not like, it, why it, it shouldn't be these one-time things. But um, it, and for me, it's all tie, about... I, I'll say the fact that we tie compensation to it. That, like, that's something we should talk about, too. Well, yeah, well, I, I, I actually don't believe in, you know, I don't believe in annual, semi, I mean, compensation, you get rewarded, you know, we, we drive a performance-driven meritocracy. Mm -hmm. And what I tell people is, you know, 
you get rewarded. You get the merit whenever you deserve it. There's yeah. not well, only in January, only in June or any of that kind of stuff, or we only do performance reviews. And, and by the way, you know, we give exorbitant raises and promotions because it's like, oh, well, you know, we can't give, oh, that's a big raise, 25%, 33%. Well, geez, well, Jess is going to leave because she's awesome and go to a different company, make that money, and I'm going to have right. to pay that anyway. I mean, it's just, there's so many ass backwards kind of philosophies that yes. around this stuff. Yeah. And it's, um, it's unfortunate. So, you know, I, like when I heard you, you all talk about performance management and your views, it, it really resonated with me. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, because I was just like, it, it's, it's an archaic view of things. And then on the flip side of it, as you talked about, you know, the view of people, I take a holistic view of it and, and, and it is holistic and holistic, you know, both directions you want to talk about it, 360 and a mindful, a spiritual, you know, diet, nutrition, sleep, you know, all of these things are important to be in tune with, with your people. And this yeah. notion that personal and professional needs to be separate, like, like people, like, what, what are you talking about? Like, how do you think people can separate that? There's no like magic button flip of a switch that you walk in, a, you know, a business environment and everything else in your life just shuts off. Right. So, I love what, what, what you all are doing, driving this awakening. And, and I think now, you know, this year is really, I think, a pivot point where we're going to see more and more leaders and organizations really understanding the importance of taking care of their people. And when you take care of your people, they will take care of the business. Oh, when you don't take care absolutely. of your people, they're not going to take care of your business. Absolutely. And it really is. It's, it's a, it is a leadership thing because I think we have a lot of leaders who want to or wish or you know they as might aspire to this or they're just not equipped they're just not equipped they don't know right. how to do the, these things um and so i think it is i think we have to give permission i think this is a permission mm. thing yes. this is how we lead this is what people mm -hmm. need and you have permission to lead in that way you have permission to be human too by the way right. manager yep. and to show yep. up to literally show up as a human vulnerable, authentic, be you. Yep. It's okay to show that things are hard or that life isn't perfect or that sometimes we make mistakes, but give some guidance, like put some guardrails around that. It's okay to make mistakes, but here we fail fast and we find a way to move on quickly. Or it's okay to not show up, but when you do, I need to know so that the team can carry this or cover for you. Or it's okay, like, and, and just imagine how empowering that is to have that conversation. I have that conversation with my own team members. This is what success looks like. And if we hit the bullseye every single time, amazing, what an amazing team we would be. But one of us is gonna be just off of bullseye once in a while. But if right. we work as a team, here's the other thing I don't think we, we think about enough. We, we think about individual performance, but the power of the team, the collective power and opportunity Absolutely. of the team is where it's at. And right now with me juggling, you know, virtual school and everything, I told my team, guess what? Th think, follow the sun. I came from the software space. Think, follow yeah. the sun here. We're, our team now operates as follow the sun. We have to have baton handoffs because I've got to step away once in a while. Monday through Friday business hours are not the only time work gets done. And I can't right. be fully present during every Monday through Friday business hours. So I'm going to hand the baton at this time. 
and I'm gonna make sure I'm not the bottleneck for anything. You're gonna carry it till I can pick it back up again. And sometimes that's gonna be Saturday morning or Sunday afternoon. Like that's just how our team is gonna operate right now because that's what works for me. And when we, again, talk about sort of this beginner's mindset, I just redesigned how my team performs right now. It's not going to be forever, or maybe it will. Who knows? Yeah, who knows? What our business needs right now. I wish more people would allow themselves to have conversations like that. Uh, totally agree. And, you know, Jess, uh, we are absolutely kindred spirits. I think I could talk to you all day, and I just want to respect your time. Is there anything else you'd like to cover before we uh, wrap up? I don't think so. I mean, I, I just, I challenge everybody to, to really take this opportunity to figure out uh, what the business needs and what their people need and to, and to play with that vision. I mean, really give yourself creative license to play with that vision for how that can be enacted and how that could be empowered. We are literally swimming in the best technology we've ever seen in our space. I think partly because we're, we're thinking outside of HR, it's workplace right. solutions, it's work Love tools, it. not just HR tools. So right. there's tons of help and there's tons of tech to help you, um, but it's really about bolting onto that, that vision and that strategy and uh, that, that's important work and I would take the time to do it right now. Couldn't agree more and, uh, and, and I wanted to thank you so much for your time and insights today and um, how, how can our uh, listeners best connect with you? Oh, thank you. Thank you. Well, I'm everywhere on social. You can follow me. I'd love to connect with everybody on LinkedIn, Jess Von Bank. Leapgen.com is where we talk about all things digital transformation and now of work. And part of this movement you mentioned, Ron, we did create a community called the Now of Work because we, we just needed to have more conversation faster. Uh, you know, earlier this year, we had that realization. So we have an online community. We go live every Friday in a live meetup. And we have a couple of podcasts all under the Now of Work brand. So find us and connect with us. Uh, we talk about this stuff all day long. I love it and uh, highly encourage everybody to check it out. I was very impressed with everything I, I reviewed and I'm certainly going to be uh, joining the community myself. Um, so, hey, that's a wrap for our conversation today with Jess Von Bank. Please subscribe to our podcast wherever you prefer to get your stream. We'd also really appreciate it, it if you provide us with a rating and re review. If you have any questions or comments for us, please feel free to contact us at talentstorm at interviewstream.com. Jess, thanks again for joining us today. Thank you so much. Oh, it's all good. Cheers, everyone.